In this episode, we've got Mandy Branham, the boss lady, the boss, the JV queen. You want to know how to JV? What is a JV? How to do well as a JV? You got to listen to this. Mandy's dropping bombs like nobody's fucking business on this one. Hey everyone, we got Mandy Branahan here. This is exciting. I've been watching, like everybody else on my channel, uh, for quite some time. They've all been my mentors virtually on uh, on my real estate journey path. But this gives me an opportunity to finally sit down with my with my heroes and talk to them about what they're doing, how they're doing it. Mandy is the JV queen. She is the OPM queen. And in five years, essentially amassed 88 properties and 150 doors. So I know everybody's going to want how, 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 how. So before we get to the how, because people have to stay on so I get my analytics right, <laughs> is Mandy, tell us about yourself. And thank you so much for being here. Hey, Mark. I'm so glad that we finally connected. I've been following you. It's like we're our own little creepers here in this world, which is, which is good, because as long as you can take away some knowledge. So I hope for your listeners that they're able to take away a little piece of knowledge with them today and be able to say, hey, I remember when Mandy said this. And, uh, and go from there. So, you know what? I'm a pretty passionate person. I kind of wear my energy on my sleeve. Uh, I am a go-getter. I worked in a dental office for 12 years prior to real estate. And in the last crash, that's, you know, it's kind of, you know, weird that we're in the middle of this right now. But my takeaway for people is that we wanted to be able to realize that how hard we worked, we were, we were the direct results of how hard we worked, that we got the direct results, okay? So the effort in was the results out based on our own by, by our own choices and we realized that jobs weren't doing that for us our financial planners weren't doing that for us we were working really hard to give our financial partner our financial planner money and you know what it was just not going the way that we wanted it but we had no control over that so we said where do we have control we bought our first property at the end of the last recession which was 2007 um, and we refinanced it in 2014 and we had this check in our hand and I really want to encourage people like it was a $38,000 check and we were like wow this is cool but what I shared with myself was like this was not enough for me to retire my husband to retire my children to go my you know two children to go to university two children's weddings and you know like in vacations and 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 helping them and stuff like that and I was like one property is not enough Mm -hmm. So then we went on a journey. We started to find mentors. We started to find groups, networking situations. And, uh, and I said, how do I do this again? So the first time I heard about joint ventures, I was shaking my head going, I don't even understand. Why would that lady give you money? Like, I just don't understand. Like I was not even in the concept of understanding why somebody would give you money to be able to buy a property and i went on a journey to explore how do why why is that who are these people and how do i attract those people into my business and i realized that my energy my you know vibrational level my keen um sense of awareness for real estate and excitement and all this kind of stuff that's what people were attracted to and uh my first joint venture I had three fall apart before, so keep in mind too that I'm pretty honest here, guys. So I had three people walk away before the first joint venture deal went through. And that first joint venture deal, we happened to sell um, two and a half years later, and my partner had made all of her pro all of her original capital back and seventy five thousand dollars. So you know, like we're talking almost a two hundred percent return in two and a half years. But here's the other thing: I made seventy five thousand dollars in two and a half years with none of my own money, but me being the one that found and negotiated and oversaw the pro property and a small renovation and the budget and some taxes and stuff like that. And I just said, how do I do this again and again and again? And so you build that momentum. Um, and you know, the first time that somebody called me the JV queen, I was just like, whoa, it, 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 it didn't sit right. Uh, you asked me if you could call me that, and I was like, I own it now. Um, but when you first started, you have to be at really comfortable with your self-worth and your, you know, like where else you're growing. I could probably, I, I can continue and continue on, but oh. joint ventures can be for anybody. Um, it's just a matter of how you position yourself to be able to attract the capital uh, to know that the capital would want to come and invest with you. 
That's amazing. Like, I just love this because <clears throat> my guest that's coming on tomorrow, she actually has called me this before, which is hilarious. And it, it, now I'm just in, I'm in the shadows of giants like yourself, but she calls me the JV king because I JV, I JV with the mail, the person delivering mail. I, I JV with the long guy. I JV with everybody I can because for me, it's about speed. And I'm, I, it's like what, I think it was Mark Cuban that said, you know, would you rather have a whole grape or a piece of the watermelon or half the watermelon? So anywhere I care. And, and you know, the thing about JVs, I think when it comes to JVs, I think there's this mindset that the JV is really only one type of JV. You can either be one part of that deal. You can either be the, the money side or you could be the active side. I don't look at that at all. I think there's so many different hybrid systems. It's what you discuss. It's what you negotiate. I have so many different types of, high, of hybrid JVs, but a JV is a JV in that it's a joint venture. It doesn't matter. As long as you guys come to a consensus of what that is, make it work. So let's hold that thought for a minute because I do agree, okay? I absolutely agree. My share is if you're a speed guy and I was the speed girl, pick a lane and stay in that lane, okay? Yeah. Absolutely, your choice. Um, I do not joint venture on flips, okay? A, that's called a private money lender. B, that's a heck of a lot of work for Mandy. And it's not what I want to do. So if I want a private money lender, so, you know, like there is, um, so there's one quick difference. OPM is other people's money. And we can borrow that hard money. They can be, they can, you can secure a second mortgage. There can be no leverage, like no security whatsoever, just a real hard money loan. Um, so you can, you can find OPM, other people's money to put to work. My joint ventures are secured on the asset with an equity position, mm -hmm. okay? Hard money lenders don't get equity. Hard money lenders get a fixed interest rate. So if a yeah. joint venture is looking for an equity position, but they really are just a private money lender, I will let them know flat out that unless they're secured on the asset, which makes them an owner of it, there won't be any profit to be shared. Okay, so it's super clear that um, that yes, there's lots of different ways. So you can, so I do the straight 50-50 joint venture. Mm -hmm. So let's mm -hmm. just even let's stay in my, my lane for a little bit um, and know that there's lots of different avenues. But I'll describe how I do it. So 50-50. I'm looking for somebody who qualifies for the mortgage and brings in all the capital. Okay. I find and negotiate the asset. I bring superior project management, property management. I'm bringing in bookkeeping systems, tax preparation systems. I'm bringing in the, the, the financing strategy. I can bring in the vision for where this asset is going. All this person has to do literally is go to a mortgage broker, qualify for the mortgage and put in the capital. Never show up at the property, never anything. So uh, I had a deal yesterday. It was a 40% ROI deal. What would that mean? Well, so it's a thousand dollars a month cash flow. We split that 50-50. We split, so really we're splitting the 40% ROI, 50-50. At the end of a property or, or at the end of the ownership of the asset, the first money to get paid back out always gets paid to my financial partner first. So what does that mean? In this deal that I have, because it's fresh on my mind, they need to invest $85,000. Upon a sale, we'll say in five years, the first $85,000 gets paid to them first. Then we split any profit over and above. The only thing that's been split along the way is the cash flow. So that means that the better a deal that I bring to my partners, for them to get paid back first, the quicker I'm able to get paid. Okay. So if it's a Burr model, and I'm asking somebody to bring me, uh, qualify for the mortgage originally on purchase, and the capital to be able to do the down payment and all the renovation money, all of it. So let's say they have $200,000. A year later, we refinance that property. A year's usually a little bit long, but let's just say a year for our timelines. We refinance in a year. The first $200,000 gets paid back to them, okay? Which means that if I want to get paid, I need to bring an amazing burr. Because other than that, even if they leave a little bit of money left in the deal, we don't get any money out until they get paid. That's my structure. I love okay? it. And there's lots of little tweaks to that. If you need cash along the way and you're an active JV partner, because I'm not going to paint a pretty picture here. This is an asset rich cash low type of business as you continue, as you start to grow it. So it makes sense for people to be like, I'm going to do a flip over here to make 50 grand um, so that I can you know, maintain my lifestyle as I grow my joint venture portfolio. Okay. 
Um, other than that, you are waiting for the big refinances to be able to start to get some of your own money out because nobody's retiring off of two to four hundred dollars cash flow a month. We'll say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so here's a question for you, <clears throat> and this is great because I'm going to come back to my other question. So, so I have flips. And I do mm -hmm. flips with JV partners, so they're not money partners, where they're just simply yep. getting their pay. So I'm saying, hey, you got an equity stake, you just front it, and then you get an equity stake after first expenses are paid. Um, yep. So how does it work on a burr? So let's just say we do a burr. I mean, you do yep. we do this, right? We do a burr, and I'm the money partner, and we do the burr. Now, of course, it does not become an ahila, but it comes out like a cash out refi. Um, so it's essentially another mortgage on that property. So now, what happens with that? Because now you're paying a higher mortgage. There's more costs, so does that cash flow just come down lower, or, or what are you guys doing? How does that get factored in? Okay, so let's just go over a standard bird, just to you know paint that picture so clearly. Typically, it's a single-family home, mm -hmm. and there's no rental income at the time. So I factor in into my say two hundred thousand dollar down payment carrying costs. Okay, because we're going to have a mortgage on the initial purchase for mm -hmm. six months. We're going to have hydro, we're going to have taxes, we're going to have insurance to have to pay. So I factor in a carrying cost for the first, for the six months, we'll say, of renovations. Upon a refinance, we're actually refinancing that entire pro property. I'm, I don't like HELOCs. I'm not a HELOC girl. Mm -hmm. it does, it's, it's not a beneficial way to strategize a large portfolio growth. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I've had a couple mortgage brokers that have... Um, They've, uh, they've agreed with me and other ones are kind of a little bit hesitant. If I have a partner that wants to build a portfolio of 10 plus properties, um, then we don't do any HELOCs. If I'm talking to somebody who wants one or two, sure, go ahead, right? But it, it gets really into big into the strategy of building the portfolio. Okay, so no HELOCs. So let's just say we go to Scotiabank, we buy a, a $400,000 single family home, we do, uh, which is an $80,000 down payment, we'll say carrying costs, legal fees, we're probably at 100 grand. And a hundred thousand dollar renovation. Mm -hmm. When we when we're done that property, it's going to have gone up to a six hundred thousand dollar value. We'll just say, okay, mm -hmm. we're actually going and getting a new mortgage for uh, eighty percent of six hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're breaking the first. We're getting a new mortgage on that amount. So now, if, uh, you know, quick math in my head, and which is another key, I really want my uh, my active joint venture partners to be able to calculate math up here. You look like a genius. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, all you need to know is 80% loan to value, um, refinance values, and you're just bebopping these numbers left, right, and center, okay? Mm -hmm. So we bought for 400. Our initial mortgage was 320. Mm -hmm. If we refinance at 600, our new mortgage is 480, 20% mm -hmm. of 600, right? Okay. So now what the difference is, is you go to the lawyer and the banks and whatever, the bank gives you a new mortgage of 480. You pay out your mortgage of 320, and you now have $160,000 of equity, uh, of cash that have come back in the form of a check, okay? Tax Keeping rate. in mind that my partner originally had $200,000. Sure. They're now getting back one hundred and sixty, dollars which leaves them only $40,000 invested in a $600,000 asset. We'll say five years down the road, we go to sell that asset. We'll even say for ease of my brain math that there's been no appreciation and it's still worth six hundred. dollars We sell it at six hundred. dollars the first 40,000 that gets paid back is the 40,000 that they had left in it. And then we're going to be splitting $80,000 of equity, which meant that Mandy over a five year term, we'll say has made $40,000 plus the plus any cash flow that we've accumulated along the way. That makes right. that's pretty clear. Okay, cool. That's, that's okay. amazing. That's amazing. So multiply that by 10, 20, 30, 40, and you start to see that it's, it's, uh, the power is in the numbers, not power in the, um, in, in one deal, one deal, one deal. Uh, absolutely. And that's the thing I'm learning. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm JV with like, even, even, even wholesalers, I get involved with JVs with them and saying, Hey, you know what? You guys want an equity, equity play, bring me a deal. We do this. Like I'm, I'm all about talking about it. Let's always, there's always a way as long as everybody wins, I'm happy. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just going to go back a bit here. So you said you worked in a dental clinic. Yep. So what did you do at a dental clinic? I did accounts payable. I okay. sat, was 12 years, the same thing day in, day out. And I offered for them to make some changes the odd time, but they were very, you know, myopically focused. They like to do things the same way. 
And I'm somebody that goes, hey, this is 2020, this is 2022, we need to change the way that we're doing this. And I really hope that, you know, the year of the visionary, 2020, um, that people are starting to see that they're going to have to evolve the way that they do things slightly. Um, why am I still attracting partners? Why do I have eight new partner calls this week? Because I'm evolving what I'm offering to people to create the stability that it is they're looking for now that they're not getting in other industries. So like you have, we have a, 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 a duty as active working partners to be able to put the capital to work. I believe that there's more capital out there than there are people who are qualified uh, to be able to do, put it, put that money to work in the real estate industry. So I have a duty and I'm standing behind the duty that I have in 2020 to be able to put that money to work solidly invested, secured behind real estate. Love it. I just love your passion. I've met my I know. Someone told me that. Someone goes, you're going to talk to Mandy, you're going to meet your match. I'm like, let's go. Um, so Mandy, so why real estate? Like what happened? Like why did you, because you got your first property, like you said, in 2007. Yeah. Was this always the game plan or was that, like how did this evolve into this, this empire you're building? Uh, because I could touch it because I knew that if I could choose what kitchen to put in and how much that kitchen was going to be and if I could put used appliances over new appliances if I could um, negotiate an extra five thousand dollars off of the purchase price that it was like five thousand dollars more of profit or we'll call it you know eighty percent more profit because I'm borrowing eighty percent more from a bank or less and stuff like that that I had direct results from the efforts that I was able to put in and so I couldn't find that in any other industry I couldn't find it in a job I couldn't find it you know working in a multi-level marketing which is where we really started the mindset and um, uh, Jim Rohn it was a gentleman that said work harder on yourself than you do on your job and you think about that for a minute you're like work harder on yourself right we we became better listeners better communicators better negotiators so the more we pour into ourselves the more that it comes out in the form of you know um, quality partnerships and mm -hmm. you know what does success look like hard f and work <laughs> yeah, absolutely you can, you can say fucking it's okay i do i do say it a lot <laughs> there we go i love it you're gonna like i said i met my match that's awesome and uh so no that that's awesome and you know and i was talking to um you know just Corey, you know a mutual friend coach of mine and uh, some of my peers and part of my mastermind and I, i've come to the realization and i've shared this in a couple previous uh uh episodes Early on when I got into this, it was like, okay, why am I doing this? And I'm looking for a certain number of properties. I may be looking for so much equity and that kind of stuff. As I matured as an investor, I realized that by the end of my journey, I want to be able to tell people I spent $1 million on my mindset, self-development, all those different things you're talking about, negotiation, mindset, all those different aspects. Because I know what I've, if I, I know what I've invested in myself already and I see the 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 fruits of that already what's going to happen after i put all that else in it's just going to come um and so where i'm going with this is that you need to do what you're doing in firing on all those cylinders mindset so was this mindset something that evolved or has mandy always been like this evolved totally okay. evolved you you know um uh, find the circle of five that you spend the most time with and I really started to evaluate it and you know at one point I had a little cry session with my husband who is a big supporter in my life uh, my husband Larry and um, we had nobody around us because we had chosen that they were not taking us to where we wanted to go even though you don't necessarily know where you want to go but you come away from those things and you're like you're in a grumpy mood you're either maybe you're intoxicated because usually when you go around certain people you're you know you're having drinks here or there and you're eating food and whatever and we we're like that's not what we want um, and so we actually had removed five people out of our life before which just allowed the space for yes. new people to come in Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, I remember when I started going to networking and networking events, like I was going to three, four networking events a month. And Larry would say to the kids, because I was leaving in at nights to go to Newmarket and Ajax and Burlington. And like, I was going away and he was like, this is mommy's night out with her friends. That's what he said, because he realized that networking or not, 
these were the people I wanted to spend the uh, I wanted to spend my time with because they were taking me to the next level because they were like what are you doing they were making me feel normal for some of the things that I was doing that I wasn't weird to be able to buy you know 16 properties in a year like they were supportive things like that so it's not it wasn't something and I say that to uh, I was saying this to my property manager the other day so she was having a conflict with a tenant and I said, I'm going to give you some advice right now. and It's going to cost you zero money. It's available to every freaking human being on this planet, but nobody uses it. So, or not everybody uses it, but they who use it is going to have like ultimate control. So she was saying, this gentleman is talking down to her. I said, so if you see his phone, his number come up on your phone, I want you to stand in your power stance. I want you to make that face. I want you to go into your power face, right? I want you to even be on the phone and in your power face, right? And you, you can change the way that you are on the phone with this guy. Did that cost you anything? Did, it, did, did you have to go to a course? Did you have to spend $100,000? No, okay? So all of this stuff is free for those people who are open to be able to look for it. That's, that, none of this stuff has to cost you money. Now, when you hire a coach, so I had a coach last year and it cost me $40,000 for the year. I got every penny out, if not, you know, 10 times what I, what I pay into it when you start to look at some other things. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, you get out what you put in. So if you get for free, then good, get for free, which is another thing right now, Mark, right? Like we want to be able to make sure that people aren't just, you know, taking anybody's knowledge right now, because knowledge is like, we're barfing knowledge right now. I want people to go through for the wisdom. And if you want to attract capital, if you want to attract joint venture partners, you have to poise yourself as an expert in the industry, not just somebody who's like, you know, a slinging cowboy going, boom, boom, I'm in, I want to try this. I have a 40 hour week job and I want to do a flip and you want to come with me, right? Not the kind of, not the kind of partner that I'm looking to attract. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to attract, uh, switch, here's another cool thing. As you want to attract capital, I want you to create a picture. Like I look over on my wall because I've got all my attributes. I want you to create a picture of your ideal joint venture partner avatar to the point that you could have a conversation with that person. Be able to say, you know, hi, lawyer from Toronto who owns his own practice. You are my ideal joint venture partner. You own your home outright. You've, your children are grown. You've got lots of capital in your business. You've done some real estate, but you know the value of a passive investor partner. You know the value of an expert in your field, and that's who you want to partner with. Hi, my name's Mandy. So it, it's amazing. I don't know if you could just read my mind because that was going to be my next question is, is what's your vetting process? And there you go. Yeah, yeah. So I look for somebody who has financial stability. I, I don't take somebody's last money. If they're, you know, trying to nickel and dime 12% over 14%, how can we, you know, why are you getting paid property management company? Why are you getting paid property management fees? Probably not going to be a conversation that's going to go very far. If I have somebody that says, look at, I want to be able to grow a portfolio. I want, you know, five to 10 properties over the next, you know, two to five years. That's probably somebody that I'm going to sit down with. And I'm going to get really strategic. I also look for somebody who's coachable. I don't coach, I don't get paid to coach, but what I do share is that anybody that does a joint venture with me gets me as a coach because I coach them to be able to build a portfolio. I coach them to be able to get really strategic in your financing and you know like, oh, well, I'm self-employed and isn't it so cool I don't pay any tax, says no self-employed person who wants to grow a portfolio. So we get really strategic on how to set up your taxes, be able to make sure that you are showing enough income to qualify for the next mortgage. Um, how do I get really strategic on knowing the timing and which property comes next? You know, burr, 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 long-term buy and hold. Mm -hmm. That's so. it. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. Like, this is the first time we're actually having this, like sitting down, having cards virtual, <laughs> but I'm like, like we have so much in common, which is awesome. Cause that's exactly what I've done with my JV partners. And I call about the hybrid is that saying, Hey, we're, we're basically getting into a marriage for three to five years or whatever it is. I have a vested interest to make sure your investment is an investment, right? And your ROI, your ROI, you're investing in me. So I'm going to make sure of this. And that's, and if you, I'll give you a choice. I can either walk you through the process, you know, and if you want to go with something else, that's fine. Or two, you can just say, here's my money. Don't talk to me until the end of the year when I have to look at the books. So I give that choice. I've been blessed that my JV partners have said, no, we want to know what you're doing. We want to learn from this. Fantastic. Because it right. creates a great relationship. 
But I'm very clear on my JV partners, very clear with, uh, you know, others out there is that this is a business relationship. It's not going to be like, hey, buddy, buddy, how's it going? And, you know, no, this is a business. Um, and we have to have sometimes have some frank conversations. And that's just the way it has to roll. This yeah, is a business relationship. That is such an important part of this, too, because a lot of people don't like to talk about doomsday. What if, Mark, I even have a note here. What if you didn't get the rents that you thought? What if renovation costs went higher than you thought? What if renovation timelines get caught in COVID and you're going to be two to three months delayed? Okay. I want, I am the kind of person that let's have those hard conversations super early on because mm -hmm. really you also find as a joint venture that you're like a psychiatrist because you are like talking these people through holding on to their money or having to hand out more money or what's the difference. So you're doing a lot of, um, I call it human behavior. I'm a human behavioral specialist and I like you're, you're, you're dealing with a lot of human, human emotions, um, you know, thoughts and stuff like that. So you're, yeah, you're a therapist to these joint venture partners, but you have to be able to know how to handle these situations. So what if you don't get them out as much as you want rent? I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, we're gonna Airbnb a property. Super cool, let that be your strategy. What if that strategy is not gonna work right now? Mm -hmm. Don't go hiding behind the, the rock over there pretending that, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do, no. You, as an active joint venture partner, need to go, well, that option A is Airbnb because that's what we feel we're going to renovate the property for, blah, blah, blah. It's in a great neighborhood, da, da, da. What's option B? What's yeah, option C? Yeah. You've got to be able to have those hard conversations with people and have the, the be able to say the hard things. Yes, we went over renovation budget by $25,000. And not be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, if we've done everything that we can do, um, and this is just the situational side of it. We opened it up and we realized we needed to waterproof the interior of the basement. We didn't see that coming. It's an extra cost. What about, what other things, right? Be able to have those hard conversations. And a lot of, you know, working joint venture partners don't know how to handle these situations themselves. So my share, when I, when I talk, I want people to look at this on both sides. I want your audience who is like, I want to be like Mandy and Mark. I want to attract joint venture partners. But I'm also talking to your audience to be the ones who are like, hey, I'm kind of creating a checklist here for what it is I'm looking for in a financial work, in, a, in, a, in an active working partner, okay? And I want them to be able to check off. Yeah, Mark and Mandy can have those hard conversations. Oh, Joe Blow over here. Yeah, they don't even know what they were going to do in a time of a recession or if they can't mm -hmm. get the market. So I want your audience to be both sides. So, um, and I always share that, if you're watching this and you want to be an active working partner or your perception is you want to be, you want to, you want to invest by yourself, maybe no partners at all. You just want to be an investor on your own and six months go by and you've not made a purchase. I want to be the accountability side. Mark and I will be the accountability side. You reach out to us and say, I thought I could do it on my own. Six months has gone by and I can't. Let's talk about a joint venture because that's the, that's the sad part is, Actually, one of my joint ventures very recently, uh, she sent me a note and she was just, we hopped on a call and she's given me her T4 income and her, where's all her money? And I was like, whoa, like usually it's like, hi, how are you? What are we doing with investing? Tell me a little yeah. bit about yourself. And she was like all over it. And I said, why? Like, you're so prepared. What's going on? And she said, two years ago, Mandy, I said that if I hadn't done a deal by now, I would be calling you and I'd be doing a joint venture. And here I am. I have not for two years, so she's part of a coaching group that we're part of. Two years, she's not been able to do a deal. She's super successful, so nobody would look at her and go, oh, you're not a success, but she thought she could do the investment on her own, thought she would have time to go and find a property, thought she would have time for all this kind of stuff, and then she just kind of handed it over, not handed it over, she's in freaking good hands mm -hmm. to be able to say, I'm ready just to be a joint venture partner. So, um, and she's gonna get better, better returns uh as a 50 50 joint venture with me than she would have done on her own yeah absolutely absolutely i mean in in my my full disclosure is when i first got into this i thought i could do it by myself i think there was a lot of investors that come in and we have that lone wolf but it's like when we we start seeing it for ourselves and it's like how are these people getting like 88 doors how are they getting 88 properties how are they doing this and the bank says i can only have four and that's when they have to open their mind and, and start throwing themselves out there and asking questions um, and there's that other mindset where people will just play the victim and then just go in the corner saying real estate investing sucks. It's not for them. It is what it is. Um, 
I know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, uh, and I know what you're doing. So it's awesome. So I have a question now for you. Um, is I mean, I've seen your husband Larry so supportive of you. I mean, I, I you know I always see him. He's part of your social media presence and your marketing brand and so forth. And you mentioned before you have children. And I have this conversation all the time. Many peers will contact me and say, you're doing so many things. Like, how are you able to maintain things at home? Right. And, and, I love and, this question. And, and hard work. Like, being an investor, this is hard fucking shit. Like, we're dealing with, like, we're dealing with our portfolios. We're dealing with our own stress. And then you're a therapist. Like you said, you're a therapist for your joint venture partners. And then you got to take care of your own house. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a, a huge part of my learning, my development, okay, is society has an idea of what a good mom should be. A good mom should be at home with her kids. A good mom should watch all of the plays at school, okay? And we've even, you know, made it so that if you don't go to your school to see a kid's play that you're a bad mom or oh you are a workaholic and you're not able to go see your thing so i've worked on a lot of what my idea is of a mother okay and um to me a successful mother does not have to be beside their kids all the time you know there are activities and chore there are there are, there are things that do you really care if you're the one that's teaching your kids to wash the dishes are you like to, to make dinner? If that's a high value of yours, then I really want you to do it. What I realized is that I'm teaching my kids about business. I'm teaching my kids about, you know, uh, self-development, self-worth. Um, you know, I kind of grew up in a, in a house where my mom struggled with, um, like, uh, like self-worth, you know, am I worth it? You know, things like that. Always just kind of putting ourselves, you know, into a position. Hey, it, it's a beautiful thing when you want it to be that way. And I just realized that I wanted to redefine what a mother was. And so, um, <laughs> here's a funny story. So my daughter was away, um, in Italy for an exchange and her host mother was saying, you know, like, I don't think you're eating enough. Um, you know, you're really not whatever. And she's like, mom, it was like eight o'clock at night. I didn't feel well. I had a small, it was dinner time, but she's like, so I, I only had salad or something. She didn't eat whatever the heck it was because she didn't want to. So this lady was like, I'm going to talk to your mom because I bet you she doesn't think it's right that you're not eating. And Megan goes, my mom's on a five day water fast right now. I'm pretty sure she thinks it's okay if I miss the dinner or not. And I thought, what a good perception because you're, I'm just breaking those norms. And, and if you question that, like, why do we say a good mom has to be there with their kids? And if you can say that you support that and that's what you really want, then great. But if your idea of being a good mom is putting your own self second, then you're missing that whole oxygen mask thing. Mm -hmm. So I realized that for me to be alive and be the best version of me, I needed to look after me first. And that's me going to Austin, Texas for a seven day training program and seven days in Toronto by myself and, you know, like doing all these different things, but I'm actually doing those things for me, which is benefiting them. So true. Absolutely. You know, and, and, I think that's amazing because I love the fact you brought that 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 parallel with the auction mask. Yeah, I mean, for those that fly, they tell you to don your own mask before helping others. Why? Because you're both useless if you don't put it on your own on face first, right? Um, yeah. And um, so even with my partner, like we we had this conversation and Zara, and she's she got in front of the camera. She goes, "I want to do a podcast with you. I want to talk about you know things that happen behind the scenes that no one talks about and a struggle about balance." And I don't know where the hell balance came from. Is balance fifty fifty? I had this conversation with one of my guests, Mina, the other day. So. I've hired her, she's my assistant, she puts together this calendar for me, right down to the minute. And when we talked about what was important and she said, okay, well, I wanna get, like the whole thing before that was balance, balance, balance. But at the end of the day, what she really wanted from me was sitting at the kitchen table at dinner without my phone there. That's it. So it wasn't like I had to give up on my dreams and cause she wanted all this. It was just the simplest of things that it came down to communication. I had this assumption where you want to get in my dream. So I get my backup where she's like, I just want you to divide attention for an hour at dinner. I'm like, okay, that's not that bad. And then my children as well. Like my children are like, Hey, we just want to play with you, dad. Okay. Well, they don't want me to play with them for four hours. They get embarrassed after that. I mean, they get embarrassed after 15 minutes. They just want me to shoot a couple of hoops with them. And they're like, dad, you go, you suck. <laughs> right? they, just, 
they just want you to know that you're there when you need them but it's the who are you when you're there right yes um you know are you pretending to be this oh let's go and um whatever right let's go and do the dad things whatever and you get there and the, the kids are like this isn't even you dad whereas i took my kid um to a tony robbins event love it and i'm just like this is me you want to see me excited you need to come to a tony robbins event with me you should have seen him he was like outside of his world you know you look around and there's what 10 other kids under the age of 20 in that room so to speak and you know here's this 12 year old kid that's in tony robbins but guess what he got the best of me if somebody were saying well you know like i don't know why you don't sit and watch your daughter dance for eight hours a week you go, I don't know, because I want to pick my eyeballs out with a spoon. Like, right? That doesn't mean that I don't love my daughter just because I don't want to sit there and watch her, her dance. I want to be able to say, you know what? You go and do what you love to do. Mommy's going to do what she loves to do. And I don't feel resentful that I'm sitting there wasting my time or the perception for me is wasting time. The other really interesting thing is people perceive that a relationship, this gets real, this is like, this is us getting into like human behavioral, but we perceive that a relationship is 50-50. You put in 50% of the effort and I put in 50% of the effort. And so together we should make 100%. But you're always disappointed because if you put in 51 and they put in 49, you're just like, no, like I'm pull, pulling more weight than you. The point being is that every relationship is 100 to zero mark if i didn't want to be here today i wouldn't be here i am 100 percent here because i want to be here you are 100 percent here because you want to be here this isn't 50 50 okay mm -hmm. so if you look at every relationship the same way you're never disappointed except disappointed in yourself and the only person you have control over is yourself so this is 100 to zero so if a friend doesn't call you for five weeks and you're pissed because a friend hasn't called you for five weeks, I'd say you're an idiot because you've not picked up the phone to call your friend in five weeks. Boom. There you go. Right? Love it. So if you're, so, I mean, and I take all of this learning that I have, whether it be spousal, whether it be with my children, just in general, and I say, how does this make me a better joint venture partner? Okay. The point being that if I'm pissed at a partner, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call them and I'm going to talk to them about it. The point being is if I've screwed up and I'm not taking onus for a situation that's gone on, then I'm not being the bigger person here. And so I am showing up and I'm continuing to develop myself to be able to be that, you know, that joint venture queen that I just want everybody to say, I'm going to do a deal with her because that's just the way that I want that. So then you can have this mark as to what it's like to do deals with anybody else. I've also cleaned up some deals like cleaned up some joint venture deals that I'm just like, what, like, what were you thinking? What, like, what, what, what did you guys have in writing? What kind of conversations went on before you kind of got into this? And that's fine. There's no mistakes. Don't look at this like a mistake. Look at this like a learning lesson to be able to say, okay, man up and figure this out or man up and ask to get out or like, you know what? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. No, that's amazing. So Mandy, I know you prepared for this because I know, uh, so I have to ask the question. I know you're ready for this. So, and that's the seven two. So I have to always remind people until we become more mainstream what the seven two actually represents. So the seven two is the worst possible hand you can you can pull in poker. And in poker, you want to fold that hand because your likelihood of winning on the hand is very low, or extremely little that is. Um, but in life, you can't control the hands you're dealt, but you can control how you're going to play that hand. So I call it the seven two moment or the moment you're being seven two. Mandy, do you feel comfortable sharing with that moment you were seven too? Yep, absolutely. So last year I was like, I was, I was doing a guns of slaying, you know, and thinking I can go into all these different markets. Uh, I moved into Kingston. I had a, I have a phenomenal property expert from Goche in Kingston. He's my on the ground king. Okay. I've got Barbara in Thavikse, who is my on the ground specialist in Hamilton. I felt great going into these, these markets because I had a solid person there. Then I thought I can go into St. Catharines and I can find that solid person to be able to help me out there. And I never did. And the, uh, we had four prop, I had four properties under contract. I had partners for two and I was going to walk away from the other two. 
And uh, I kind of called up my real estate agent and said, I don't want these other two partner pro properties. I, I don't have partners. I don't feel comfortable. I'm going to walk away. And, uh, and he pressured me into keeping them, but I don't perceive it as he pressured me. Okay. Cause I take a hundred percent onus of the responsibilities of the outcome of my life. Okay. I allowed myself to be overinflated about going into a new market, uh, without all the right steps and people and solid action in place. So I was, I, it was a horrible situation. I'm, I'm not enjoying my time in St. Catharines. Um, but then, you know, I think it's just following me through to say, well, girl, you thought you could do it. You thought you could go into another city. Um, to the point that we, uh, we defaulted on a house, um, that I wasn't able to close on one of those houses. I had lawyers involved, uh, like talk about stressful that. So my seven, two is, is not being able to close on a property in St. Catharines. Um, but it was a hundred percent on me. And I thought I could do it, and I over I over leveraged myself for being able to go into a new city, and um, and you know what though I'm making the most of it, so I'm really able to to learn from that. It was actually quite a minor little issue, so I'm certainly not telling anybody to go into this situation, um, but it is also a good time to be able to say who's on my team, uh, who is the lawyer that's supporting me, who like who can I have these hard conversations with, and who can I cry because I was like out of my head why did i do this to myself so again uh the the cool part is that it was such like so wrong of me to have been able to to do that um but that i can still talk about it and teach others to be able to say if it doesn't fit believe your body mm -hmm. believe yourself and just say nope that's not for me not yeah. this time so true it's, it's, an, it's incredible that instinct that gut instinct that we have just doesn't feel right and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. At the same time, our brain is sometimes we can be too stubborn. And sometimes we want it to work so bad. Um, we want the numbers to work, but the numbers obviously don't work, but they want, you know, and it's, uh, it, it, that's, I'm not sure if that's human nature or just our entrepreneurial spirit that we want to be successful. I don't know. Um, success can look like failure too. You know, <laughs> failure is a success. So my seven, my seven, two moment is to me going to be one of my success factors to be able to say like, you are now going to realize that you want to have all of your team in place. Yeah. And then, you know, like, so it, it's going to, so failure will look like success if you turn it around that way. Mm -hmm. Don't let it define you. Right. Mandy, if a new investor wants to get into the game and are thinking about getting in the game, maybe they have gotten the game. What would be some counsel you would provide them? So a brand new investor who has capital or a brand new investor that wants to be, you know, that has no capital, but lots of drive and eager and wants to yeah. get real estate. Just someone who just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They saw a couple of Matt McKeever videos and they're like, I want to invest. And then what should they do at that point? Well, I think I'm not sure if I should word this. What should they do or what shouldn't they do? Um, so, well, I'll be answer both kind of talking offline that there's lots of knowledge these days, but you know, you're seeking the wisdom. So mm -hmm. I would be connecting, um, a, I love my networking meetings or my virtual, my virtual gatherings. Now start to start to pick up that information. Um, and I got a mentor, you know, just a gentleman who owned a Canadian tire here in town. I knew he had like six or seven properties. I remember the time that I went to see him and I told him I had like 30 properties and he was just like, he was beside himself. Like mm -hmm. he just, yeah. Um, so find somebody that you can have these conversations with to be able to, you know, start to talk real estate, um, start to gather the information. I mean, I say YouTube and because I mean, I'm on here, you're on here, all this kind of stuff. But I don't know, like, I think everyone still needs to kind of look at their own situation and go, do I have money? You know, like, if you're a, if you're a doctor watching this saying, I want to diversify into real estate, I've got cash. I'm not going to suggest you go to YouTube and try and learn all of this course. stuff. I'm trying, I'm suggesting that you probably go into your lunchroom and say, who has real estate and how can I buy real estate passively? What are the ways that I want to be able to do it? If you're a young 18, 19, 20 year old, um, and you've got, you know, Scott McGilvery skills that you're going to be, you know, the next HTV guy, then I'd be saying like, go and work on a job site, go and start to learn every skill that there can be. Um, what do they, you know, uh, be an asshole, be like, 
Why are we building it this way? What is this? That why are we why are we fire rating? What does fire rated drywall mean? And ask being asking all these questions as you are the one being paid as a laborer to put up the drywall. And your education from that investor, from that you know contractor, from that that um, teacher is going to be worth millions. Cool. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, as we get to a close here, this has been great, and I can't wait. So we are going to put your show notes um, because I know you're going to get a lot of people coming and ask you. And I can't. And, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have you back again because this has just been okay. awesome. Okay. Um, and this is a question I always like to leave. Uh, the interview with which is the tombstone question okay, okay. so the tombstone question is uh the day, when the day we meet our maker essentially we're left with the with the with the tombstone we can't control we can't decide what's going to be written on there someone else is going to decide what's written on there for us what will be written on your tombstone um I want to, it would be something along the lines of Mandy made houses into homes. Mm. I, I create clean, safe and appropriate housing, um, for the masses. And it, I will be known for, uh, for the, you know, people just call it, you know, a house, but you know, it's a home. And I, you know, I, I love my frontline workers right now. I thank them all for being, you know, on the front line. But I also want to thank my rental housing provider, you know, friends out there right now, because, um, you know, um, a number that I've heard recently is that 85% of the rental units that are created are built by small landlords. And I say small landlords as in anybody that's not a pension fund. So, you know, we perceive that pension funds own 250 units and, you know, all this kind of stuff and they're big, big amounts of, of real estate, but it's dollar real estate. But that's not the that's not the majority of who mm -hmm. own rental units, and so I really want to give a shout out to my fellow rental housing providers. I don't like to call myself a landlord; I like the term rental housing provider. And for you creating clean, safe, and appropriate units for ninety percent of our population to be quarantined in right now, because ninety percent of their population are at home, and those homes are been units that we've created. Absolutely. So, thank you. Yeah, for sure. You know, right? I, I, I said I was, you know, I wanted to leave that last question, but I have a, a question that's just been, it's on me, okay? And I have to ask this because as a landlord um, yeah. or rental housing provider, part of the dealings we have, a lot of the dealings we have, so we have the business aspect, but then we have tenant management, whether it's property managers or whatever. We have to deal with, if you have, 80, if you have 150 doors, it means you have 150 different tenants, 150 different personalities. Yep. Now you factor in your 40 JV partners. I yep. mean, and, and honestly speaking, you know, the way I'm growing, I've already said to a lot of my JV partners, whoever I take to prom with is who I'm going to go home with. I would rather just have a, a, a framework of maybe 10 partners and that's it because I can foster strong relationships with them and I don't have to worry about the drama. Yep. How, 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 do, you, how, do, you, how do you balance this out? There's no drama. I don't allow drama. It's a mindset. It's a, it's a, when people come, um, you know, I want to, uh, I'm going to say that maybe three of my joint venture partners have been into units. Maybe. Wow. Okay? There's no need for them to go into the units. Uh, I offer superior property management. I'm always overseeing the properties and the tenants. Um, like I mentioned that I called, I called all of my tenants, uh, before April rent was due to personally discuss with them and talk to them, connect with them. Um, you know, tenants are just humans. I'm a human. Um, you know, a, a mortgage, a, a bank is really humans behind the name of a bank. So if we kind of look at it, there's really no need for hierarchy of anything, right? A bank needs me and I need the bank. A tenant needs me and I need a tenant. Mm -hmm. And so you know, when we actually just realize that we're dealing with tenants and we're dealing with partners as human beings, but we set our expectations or our intentions, okay? I said intentions. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very um, connected. People can call me and they have access to me, but I'm also just not at their beck and call. And so you just set the intention very early on. You set the intention with your tenant. This is a business. I run a business. Um, and, you know, just to tell you, what are we? We're the seventh of the month. We've received 95% of our rents this month, right? Yeah. 
Like, you know, this is, it's just a human business. We're all just humans interacting with humans. Um, no need for hierarchy, no need for, well, you know, I need to get paid. Right. Um, if, if they can't pay me, then I call the bank and let them know that I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. But if they tell me they can pay me, then I tell the bank I can pay them. And you know, you're just kind of following along, but yeah, yeah. I, I value my tenants very much. Mm -hmm. very much value my tenants and and it's a balance because you want to be able to say I make good money but you also uh, you hear what was on my tombstone I create housing mm -hmm. I create homes for people so I'm not going to be left with I'm the joint venture queen and I made 10 billion dollars I'm going to be known for the amount of houses and homes that I create and and so maybe you start with that I love maybe you tell people start with that question in mind and be like work backwards from that to be able to say who are you to show up today sure. um mandy you're killing me i'm telling you i'm, I'm like I, I we gotta talk offline about this because i feel like i'm talking to my like it is my match because that's what i told people i said we, in business and real estate investing we always talk reverse engineer where do you want to be with your revenue where do you want to be with properties and reverse engineers today but in life we should be reverse engineering from what's going to be written on our tombstone and reverse backwards to today and if we do that I mean, it's so, yeah, this has been awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. I've, I've, uh, this is, this has been a great conversation, Mark. I love it. Your energy, we match. We definitely match in energy. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. And, and, and my style is very unorthodox because I don't have a flip chart. I don't have, you know, and I just like to have a conversation. And I'm, I'm blessed in that I'm able to have this conversation with you. But I'm also even more blessed and I can share it with the world and, and show yeah. how lucky I was to be able to sit with someone like yourself, such an amazing human being like yourself and share it to the masses. So thank you so much for your time. Um, and Mandy, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, so I'm very active on social media, Facebook, Mandy Branham. I have a group called the Seven Figure Canadian Real Estate Investing Group, mandybranham.com. Please feel free if you want to, you know, talk joint ventures, you can click, go through and book a discovery call. I can't keep track of my calendar, but you know what my discovery call system does. So feel free, go through, answer some questions and, and I'd love to be able to connect with people. I'm still, I'm a connector. Love it. I love it. And for everybody, I know there's a lot. So we'll make sure we put in the show notes and you will be able to find Mandy no matter what, or she'll find you. <laughs> awesome. Good. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks, Mark.